Matt Higgs, the FF Educator. We're going to do a 2024 rookie mock draft. Now, I'm excited to get into it. I'm excited to be back on the mic. I've taken a couple weeks off here because, quite frankly, folks, I have just been so locked in on grinding the tape, getting film evaluations in for you. We now have 39 completed draft evaluations for rookie big board patrons. We have updated rankings. We are staying on top of it. Nobody is helping you get prepared and is further ahead of the curve than folks who are in the rookie big board discord and who and who are rookie big board patrons. So you're going to want to make sure before we get into this episode, you head on over to there, patreon.com slash rookie big board for as little as $5 a month. You get the rankings, you get the access to the rookie big board discord. You get access to personalized one-on-one draft consultation calls when it gets time. Folks, it is the, I'm biased, but I think it's one of the best, if not the best rookie resources out there. And I've got a really good track record to back it up too. Now is the time. December is the time that you want to start really, really locking in on the 2024 class. So that's what we're going to do. And without further ado, let's get into it here. The PPR, Super Flex, No Tight End Premium, four round, 48 pick selection, rookie mock draft. All right, here we go. Wasting no time. We're going to get into the 101. Now, this conversation has opened up a good bit, and it's important to point out that this mock draft, like all of my mock drafts, I'm not just reading straight down my rankings. Why don't I just do a mock draft and put my favorite 48 players in a row? One, that doesn't give you a true idea of what the ADP and value of these rookies are, and two, Rookie big board patrons already have access to the rankings. That doesn't do anything for them. So I'm combining my takes with with industry consensus takes, and I blend those things, and I'll talk about when there's major differences between them. But at 101, the conversation has opened up. If you want to consider Drake May, quite frankly, if you want to consider Marvin Harrison Jr., I'm willing to entertain the conversation, but I am going to stick with Caleb Williams. He is still the top player on the rookie big board. You know, he correctly has been put under a microscope to this point, but Caleb Williams is a tremendous dual thread athlete. He has tremendous arm talent, and I think he's going to have the ability to make a quick impact on the fantasy football landscape in his athleticism gives him a super super high ceiling 102 here I am going to go with Drake May Uh, this is one that I think is going to be a really interesting conversation to have I actually have Drake May as third in the rookie big board despite the fact it is super flex format here but I think consensus would still take Drake May at 102 I think May has taken a fantastic step forward this year in terms of his arm uh, in terms of his mechanics Uh, he already had really good arm talent uh, but he locked in with a little bit more consistency 
uh, and better decision-making as the season went on. So I do like what I saw from Drake May. His tape grade did improve dramatically uh, from my summer scouting report. 103 here is going to be Marvin Harrison Jr. He's the locked-in 101 in all non-superflex formats. Folks, I'm willing to entertain Marvin Harrison Jr. as the 101. I truly am. Uh, in terms of the rookie big board, he is right up there in, in um, rating with Caleb Williams. I have him above Drake May. I think his profile in terms of build, in terms of ability to play along the outside, in terms of freak athleticism, in terms of route running ability, in terms of sticky handwork, vertical uh, ability, ball tracking skills, I think the fact that he's going to be a top 10 NFL draft selection really helps back it up. So even in super flex leagues, if you want to take Marvin Harrison Jr. 101, I, I won't put up a stink. I will not put up a stink, although he is currently number two on the rookie big board. 104, here it comes. Fast riser. Nobody's ra rising faster. 104, LSU quarterback, reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Jaden Daniels. He's going to come off the board 104 here. Now, folks will know, rookie big board faithful, the true uh, rookie big board patrons that go all the way back to the start of the rookie big board will know that there is nobody out there who loves Jaden Daniels more than me. I was the probably earliest adopter of him back in his true freshman season at Arizona State. Now, that being said, he has improved leaps and bounds over the last two years, especially as a passer going from 2022 to 2023. The, the, um, the, the touch that he puts on the ball is just so much better this year. His mechanics have just gotten so consistent. He leads receivers with tremendous anticipation. He's a confident passer. He's comfortable in the pocket. He has a great pocket presence. And I haven't even touched on the fact that he is a, a freak level athlete when he's running the ball. He's super fast. He's elusive. Uh, his fantasy football ceiling is sky high. I have been holding back for my Jaden Daniels love because it didn't feel like he had that NFL draft momentum to be able to put him in a projection spot as a top 10 selection, but now the NFL is getting there. Now I feel confident on the rookie big board. Uh, he is a NFL draft projection of a top 10 pick, so I am happy uh, to announce Jaden Daniels as the 104 here in this Superflex mock draft. Very big riser. 105, I'm going to go with this teammate Malik Neighbors. Malik Neighbors in any other draft class would be talked about a lot more. He's 6-0, he's 200, he releases well off the line of scrimmage, he's explosive through his routes. I like his ability to create separation with sharp footwork and physical hands. He's being overshadowed by Marvin Harrison Jr., but folks, please do not uh, get it twisted here. We're talking about a top 20 NFL draft selection, and we're talking about somebody he's probably going to play as a flanker at the next level, um, but that could lead to some significant volume. I mean, we're talking about a guy who could be seeing, you know, 75 to 85 targets as a rookie in the NFL uh, and could find the end zone at least half a dozen times. 106, we're going to go to the tight end position here. We're going to go Brock Bowers. I think Brock Bowers is a really special uh, tight end prospect, 6'4", 230. He's athletic. He's got reliable hands. He works clean routes. Uh, he has uh, really comfortable working through contested situations. He's got great body positioning. He has great ball tracking ability. I've said this once. I'll say this 100 times. Brock Bowers is not Kyle Pitts. He's a better tight end projection. 
And I think he's going to come with really high draft capital. So I'd be happy to take Brock Bowers here at 106. Keon Coleman off the board at 107. Now, Keon Coleman's starting to get a little bit controversial here. It seems like there's going to be two camps on Coleman. Folks who can't get enough of him and folks who think he's not quite ready uh, to be a dominant NFL player yet. But I'm in the I'm in the camp here of he's 6'4", he's 215, and he has some freakish traits that are worth betting on because he can dominate along the boundary. He gets going quickly off the line of scrimmage, and he accelerates very well downfield especially for his size. Here's the thing, folks. Here's the thing. He has excellent ball tracking ability. All right. And that is something that I think projects really well. A lot of folks will get keyed in on his large catch radius. They'll get keyed in on his vertical ability. They'll get keyed in on his pass, uh, his contested catch ability, but it's really for me that ball tracking that separates him from some other big man who rely on contested catch situations. He isn't phased working in traffic, uh, and so he is able to go up there uh, and win and, and, you know, navigate comfortably in contested situations, and his physical handwork allows him to create some separation before the catch point. So I think there's a lot to like here about Keon Coleman. Coming in at 108, I'm going to go with Travion Henderson. Here is somewhere where I think consensus is going to differ from um, my rankings. Consensus, I think, does have Travion Henderson as the running back one in this class, kind of leaning on that explosive skill set, kind of leaning on the idea that he has the most upside. Uh, but I do struggle a bit. Uh, with with Travion Henderson vision, I, I think it's a little inconsistent. I think he struggles to create his own space throughout tape. And when you struggle to create your own space behind the Ohio State offensive line, ah, that just gives me a little bit of pause. It just gives me a little bit of pause. And, you know, for the fact he's 5'10", 210, he doesn't really physically overwhelm Big Ten defenders. I think he kind of gets stood up more often than, I, than I'd like. And I really don't see that consistent success at the goal line. So that's, for me, why I, I proceed with a little bit of hesitation here uh, with Travion Henderson. But I do think consensus will have him as the first running back off the board. And, folks, taking the first running back off the board in most years at 108 would be a weird maneuver. But I think that's probably the earliest we're going to see them go. Uh, even my guy who I like higher than Henderson, who I'll get to in a couple more picks, but before I can get to him, I'm going to talk about Rome Adunze, who I have coming off the board next. Now, Rome Adunze is an interesting prospect as well, because he's going to have a lot of truthers, and for good reason. He's 6'3", he's 2'15", he's a twitchy wideout, he uses his athleticism to make some great highlight reel plays, he possesses good short area quickness, and can get to top speed quickly when given a little bit of space there at the line of scrimmage, but I do, when I look at Adunze's tape, I have to mention here, I struggle to see him consistently separate through his routes. He gets jammed in press coverage, even against undersized Pac-12 uh, defenders, which is a big, big red flag uh, in Matt's evaluation here. Uh, and so, for me, I think he over relies on his size and vertical ability, uh, and he makes those contested catch situations more contested than they need to. So Roma Dunze is actually my wide receiver eight, which is a super not popular take right now, but I don't think that he's going to go wide receiver eight in ADP. I think he's going to go in the uh, mid to late first round. 110 here is going to be my running back one, and that is the running back out of Wisconsin, Braylon Allen, 6'2", 238. Um, I don't get it, folks. You know, I'm not right on every, on every take, certainly not, but 
I think it's easily Braylon Allen is running back one for me. I think he's a powerful runner. I think he's a patient runner. He's got great lower body strength. Uh, he consistently falls forward. He pushes forward. His tape is filled with examples of him running over Big Ten linebackers and just continuing on with an impressive level of contact balance. He's consistent and effective at the goal line. He's patient. He bursts through open gaps. I think he reads blocks well, and I think he anticipates space very well into the second level. He's shifty and sp- in short space and he is more elusive than he looks he's a rocked up 238 he's a clean cut 238 folks he's got good lateral agility and he'll shake defenders in a phone booth so for me Braylon Allen you know I don't think any of these running backs are necessarily locked in top 50 picks uh, in terms of NFL draft capital but Braylon Allen is the running back one that stands out for me now he's not going to go to Indianapolis and run a, a super fun 40 yard dash um, but I still think that he is an impressive running back, and I still think that he is going to be safely my running back one. Coming in at 111 here, it's a super flex format, and assuming he declares, I am going to keep J.J. McCarthy in the first round of fantasy football drafts because assuming he declares, I do think he is a first-round NFL draft pick. Now, J.J. McCarthy, he's a super controversial guy. I've talked about him a lot, but at the end of the day, I like J.J.M.'s uh, mechanical foundation. I think he has really consistent footwork that helps him passing when navigating in the pocket. He's got a fluid throwing motion. He's got a solid release. He keeps his body closed and follows through well. I saw significant jumps in mechanics from 2022 to 2023. I love the fact that he is an, uh, a mobile athlete. He can scramble well, but he's still looking to pass even when he's scrambling. And his accuracy does not drop off while he's throwing on the run. So I think that there's a lot to like about J.J. McCarthy. I know that's not a popular place to be right now. But folks, the with the rookie big board... I'm not always in a popular place. I follow my process. I trust my process. And more times than not, I find it creates a lot of value when you're not in a popular place. Uh, Sneaking into the first round here, he's higher on the rookie big board, uh, but uh, but I don't think consensus has quite caught up. Yet on Troy Franklin, uh, 6'3", 187 out of Oregon. He is a speedy wideout that wins at all three levels of the field. His upside, uh, you know, there's just so much upside to his game when I when I look at his profile. He wins along the boundary and over the middle of the field. He displays great ball tracking, great athleticism, great body positioning along the boundary. He separates consistently with his speed, but he has a really good understanding of angles. He's not just running in a straight route relying on his speed. He understands angles. He understands body positioning. And he uses really convincing footwork to move through his routes. So he consistently separates, but it's not just based on speed, folks. He understands how to run routes. He understands that footwork. Uh, and he he has a, a really uh, a really nice uh, catch radius for his size. He has good ball tracking. He can go up and get those off-target passes. Uh, so I, there's a lot to like about Troy Franklin. So he's going to be uh, sneaking in here at 112. So as we get into the second round here, there's still a ton of talent on the board, folks. I know I say this every single year. It's a rookie big board mantra, but it's true again this year. You want to go ahead and trade for those second round picks right now. If you take nothing else out of this episode, go and trade for some 2024 second round picks because there is still a ton of talent in round two. And let's start with the Ohio State wide receiver Amika Ibuka. 61203 
The fact that Amika Ibuka can be, you know, wide receiver five off the board, sliding into the second round, uh, it, it's it's a testament to the strength of the class. It is not a knock on Amika Ibuka because he's a smooth, uh, speedy wideout. He navigates the field with ease. He wins consistently against press coverage, and he has a sharp first step that allows him to to get that instant space. But it also allows him uh, to help get him to top speed quickly. He's got consistent hands. He always puts his body in a position to win against defensive backs. Now he doesn't have the largest frame, but he can adjust well and extend successfully for off-target passes. Uh, Ibuka ate underneath uh, at the college level, so it'll be really interesting to see how he's utilized in an NFL offense, but I think he's a super effective player. I think he comes with a high floor, maybe not as high of a ceiling as some of these other guys. Now, at 202 is going to be my running back three. This is my dude, Devin Neal, 5'11", 210 out of Kansas. Now, a little bit of rumbling out of the Kansas uh, side of the country here that, that Devin Neal might be thinking about taking a nice, juicy NIL deal and returning to the Jayhawks, which, as a college football fan, I would love, but as a Devy person who has been stacking up on Devin Neal, that would make me just a little bit sad. And I think he's ready for the NFL because he's a smooth runner that gets off the line of scrimmage well. He navigates around the field with ease. He's quick to the edge. You know, he can beat those linebackers to the edge. He changes direction very well. He closes space very quickly. You know, he beats defenders inside with those clean cuts. He's got an effective jump step. He's got sharp footwork, and he has really nice vision as well. Uh, you know, he can find those cutback lanes, uh, which is a rare trait to see from a from a college running back. So I think there's a really a lot to like there with Devin Neal. 203, we're going to go back to LSU, and we're going to go with Brian Thomas Jr. Now, Brian Thomas Jr., 6'4", 205, he's got a real shot to sneak into the back end of the first round of the NFL draft. I know he's getting a lot of NFL draft buzz, and if he does, it's going to be hard to keep him out of you know, the first round of fantasy football ADP. But nonetheless, right now, I have him projected as a top 50 pick, probably going more in that 40 range. He's a really physical boundary wideout. He uses well-timed handwork to create space before the catch uh, when, when he's in those contested catch situations. He's not afraid to battle through contact. He separates through his routes. I really like his body positioning, and I like his ability to react well to off uh, to thrown uh, balls thrown off target. My apologies on that one. 204 here. We're going with running back Trey Benson out of Florida State. 6'1, 223. Now, Trey Benson, this is another guy that I'm going to differ on consensus here. I think there's going to be a lot of folks that, you know, want to push Trey Benson up. Some might even consider him to be their running back one because he is a strong downhill runner who can be dangerous when he's blocked into space. You can see Benson, you know, his tape, there's examples of him bursting off line of scrimmage, getting to that second level of the field. And if he does get through that second level of the field untouched, he can accelerate in a straight line past defensive backs. Uh, he is best when running in between the tackles, and he does have a bit of a tenacious running style. But for me... You're going to see that big red flag for me and my running back's inconsistent vision. He struggles to find or create his own space. He'll run right into a pile of his own blockers. He, he will consistently fail to see cutback opportunities. He has jittery feet, and he'll get caught thinking, overthinking behind the line of scrimmage. And I'm not seeing much pure elusiveness to his game. So I do struggle with Trey Benson. He is my running back five. You know, I, I don't think that he is a bad running back, but I do think that there's folks who are going to be taking him, you know, early 
second round, where I think his value is more of a late second, early third round rookie draft pick. 205, this is where things get really close. I, I think Adonai Mitchell out of Texas is going to have a lot of truthers. So this is me trying to get a feel on consensus. Uh, 6'4", 196, and we're talking explosive, explosive, explosive. If you have a league where you know your league mates are watching highlight films, yeah, Mitchell could even sneak into the back end of the first round. Because if you just watch the highlight rip film, you're going to see a really exciting player. You're going to see a player that displays good ball tracking, good body control, acceleration. Uh, he's going to play along the boundary, and he's got sneaky athleticism and size uh, for the fact that he is our sneaky athleticism and, and smooth running ability given his 6'4 size. He plays light on his feet, and he can shake a defensive back with an effective double move. We've got reliable hands there with Adonai Mitchell, so there's definitely a lot to like with this profile, but Xavier Leggett, Xavier Leggett, 6'3", 227 out of South Carolina. This is the guy who, you know, a few guys every year really stand out above my expectation when I go in and do film review, and Leggett got me out of my seat all right, he has reliable hands. He beats defenders at all three levels of the field. But this man, he is a boundary monster. We're talking great vertical ability, a huge catch radius in contested catch situations. He consistently wins in traffic. He uses concentration and body positioning to make defensive backs, quite frankly, look helpless. Folks, he's making SEC defensive backs just look look absolutely helpless. He accelerates well in a straight line. He has good body control. He's effective working along the boundary. He can work with the ball in his hands after the catch. He's got good short area quickness. There's a lot to like here with Xavier Leggett. And I want to point out the fact, I still think he's raw. I think there's still room to grow at the next level. Uh, and like I mentioned, you know, he's doing this. I'm watching his tape against Georgia. I'm watching his tape against North Carolina, you know, Florida. These are these are teams, you know, we're not talking about layup defenses here uh, that he's able to, to make guys truly look, you know, helpless. Uh, 207, we're going to go with a different Xavier. We're going to go Xavier Worthy, go back to Texas, 6'1", 172. I like Worthy a ton. I feel like he's got, he's getting forgotten about in the overall grouping here of guys like Roma Dunze, guys like Keon Coleman, you know, even a guy like Xavier Leggett who's gaining momentum, or Brian Thomas Jr. who's gaining momentum. I feel like we're forgetting about Xavier Worthy, but we shouldn't be because he wins with speed. He wins with explosiveness. He wins before the catch. He wins after the catch. He wins off the line of scrimmage with sharp first steps and accelerates so well through the midfield. Uh, you know, so there's a lot to like about him. He doesn't have the biggest catch radius, but he does have reliable hands. And I think he's somebody who an NFL team is going to see as somebody who they can put on the boundary. They can put him inside. They can move him all around. And I think that versatility is going to help bump up that draft capital, which, you know, we are always coveting from a fantasy football perspective. 208, we're going to get our second tight end off the board, and we're going to stick with Burt Orange here. We're going to talk about Jatavion Sanders, 6'4", 249, athletic pass catching tight end. You know, he's a good route runner. He's uh, It was an end zone magnet there for the Longhorns. Uh, so I think that there's going to be a lot to like from a fantasy football perspective. 209, let's go back to the running back position. And let's talk about Blake Corum. He's 5'8", 213. I think in terms of being a pure, a pure film grade, you know, he's a really, really solid player. He's going to combine bursts with patience off the snap. He sees the field well. He understands those appropriate cutback lanes. He's a shifty runner. He makes defenders miss with good footwork and subtle speed. I think he's best when he's working off tackle because he's got enough to beat those linebackers to the edge and he turns up field really well. And he's a reliable check down option in the passing game. And Blake Corum is really good in pass protection. So here's who Blake Corum is from the NFL team. I think they're going to highly value him as a day two rotational running back. 
right? Which doesn't sound the best, but remember, we always go after those rotational running backs at value in our rookie drafts because injuries happen, folks, and when injuries happen, volume presents itself, and that's when you get a really breakout running back opportunity. 210, we're going to go with Devontae's Tez Walker out of North Carolina. Tez Walker, he's a really interesting one here in terms of his his collegiate journey, but in terms of his film, we have reliable hands. He catches everything he's supposed to. He reacts well to passes thrown off target. He's comfortable working in target. He's got good mental concentration. He's got good balance along the sideline. Now, he isn't a burner, but he has smooth speed, and he's effective working east, west, west, north, south. We only have about half a season of Power 5 play with Devontae Walker. He was invited to the Senior Bowl, so we expect that he will declare. Uh, for me, you know, Tez Walker is, is a day-two draft pick, but he's somebody who could really Really, really develop, especially uh, in the right NFL offense. 211, we're going to go with Marshawn Lloyd, the running back out of USC. I think Marshawn Lloyd is going to have a lot of fans when it comes time to do our rookie drafts. 5'9", 210, he's a twitchy runner. He puts that athleticism on full display every time he touches the ball. He's a divisive runner. He commits to a gap, bursts into that second level of the field. He'll display good lateral movement ability with quick but controlled feet. And in very much a contrasted running style with the final pick in the second round, I am going to do another running back, but I'm going to go with Notre Dame's Audric Estime, 5'11", 227. So if you're a guy like like rookie big boards uh, own John Lobb who likes those big backs, you're going to love Audric Estime because he will power through defenses with great lower body strength, great contact balance. He's a patient runner, and he's willing to take on those linebackers head up through that A-gap. He doesn't go down easily. He'll bounce off arm tackles. It'll often take multiple defenders to drag him to the ground. He's a one-cut runner. He displays a solid amount of lateral agility. He can make defenders miss in tight space. Uh, so I do think there's a lot to like about Audric Estime, but if you're somebody who loves those Indianapolis testing numbers, that's not what the Notre Dame back is going to bring to the table. All right, let's move on to round three here. Rounds three and round four. We're going to move through them a little bit quicker. Uh, but as you can tell, as I'm moving through this draft, I'm actually reading off of the tape profiles for all of these players. I'm reading right off the rookie big board, just like you could be doing if you're subscribed over at patreon.com slash rookie big board. That's it. That's the only you know plug that I'm going to going to put in here. Uh, let's go. Round three. I'm going to go with Bo Nix. Uh, and then I'm just going to say it right after. 301, 302, Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr. It's going to be hard to, to do a pure differentiation between these two guys. Uh, I prefer Bo Nix. I like his mechanics. I like his athleticism. Um, and, and I think that's going to give him a little bit more upside. I don't think Bo Nix, and, and I should mention too, I love Bo Nix's mental processing and decision making. I don't think Bo Nix is going to be a starting quarterback right away in the NFL, but I do think he's a guy who can get drafted on day two and you know he'll, he'll be uh that backup quarterback who when he gets his shot I think can really shine Michael Penix Jr. 302 you know folks are going to be disappointed with Michael Penix Jr. and I hope I'm wrong I hope I'm wrong because I don't like to talk about prospects this way but folks two ACL injuries two upper body shoulder injuries you know including to his throwing shoulder uh, he's a pocket guy. He's going to live in the pocket at the next level. So I know he's got the arm talent. I know he's got those pretty passes. But folks, if you really dig in on it, he's, he's getting lauded for his accuracy. If you really dig in on it, I mean, Roma Dunze, Jalen Pogue, they're, they're doing a lot of those work in those contested... I mean, he's throwing up a lot of jump balls. So I don't mean to totally, you know, rain on the Michael Penix Jr. parade, but I'm going to be well below consensus on him. I think a lot of mock drafts would put him maybe up in the 205, 206 range, but I, I wouldn't even... 
consider, I wouldn't even consider taking Michael Penix Jr. over a guy like Xavier Leggett or over a guy like Adane Mitchell, who I took in the mid-second round. 303 is a wide receiver who I really like, and that's Rome, Roman Wilson. I don't think Roman Wilson is getting nearly enough credit, you know, and I understand it because there is so much talent at the top of the class, but 60192, uh, Roman Wilson has a verified sub 4-4-40 time. He very well could end up being the fastest guy, but he's more than just speed, all right, because I think he has quick, sharp footwork. I think he has reliable hands. I think he has good mental concentration working through traffic. He holds onto the ball well through contact, and he shows good vertical ability, ball tracking ability, ability to go up and snag off-target passes. So Roman Wilson, uh, he could be one of the best values in the draft class. Uh, and right after him is another guy who I think can be a really good value, and that's Jamari Thrash, the wide receiver out of Louisville. 6'1", 185. He's a twitchy athlete, and he has a array of tools that he uses to beat defenders. He separates right off the line of scrimmage with a sharp release and speed. Now, he doesn't have the biggest catch radius, but he does have reliable hands, and he'll catch anything throw on target. He's a speedy wideout, but he's the type of guy that I would consider quicker than he is fast. I think he could be really effective at the next level. 305, I'm going to go with Jalen Polk out of Washington. This is tough. You know, these guys really Really start to blend together. They start to get close to each other. Uh, so there would definitely be folks who would take, uh, you know, Polk over Thrash or Wilson. And I think for good reason. You look at Polk, he's a sure-handed wideout. He displays the ability to win underneath and in the deep field. He'll bring in anything thrown on target, and he has the ability to hold on through contact. He extends well. He's got some vertical ability. He's a quick athlete. He's a fluid athlete. He'll show off that short area quickness. So I definitely think there's plenty to like about Jalen Polk as well. Next up here, we're going to go Ray Davis. I got to tell you, folks, I was pretty happy when I was watching that Ray Davis film evaluation here. He's coming in at running back six right now for me. I think he's bursty. He's powerful. He runs with a good lower body strength. He has subtle elusiveness and bursts. He's a patient runner that will commit to those open gaps and shoot into that second level of the field. He will burst into it. Uh, he's got he's light on his feet. He shows the ability to shake a defender in tight space. He'll smash defenders between the tackles and displays the ability to work off tackle very, very well. Uh, and when he has some space, he gets that downhill running momentum. Uh, he, he'll accelerate well, and he'll accelerate all the way through the end zone. All right, we're going to go 307 here. Michael Pratt at a Tulane. Now, this is... This is one going to be one of my guys here, and there's actually a little bit of hype here that Michael Pratt could get a pretty big NIL deal from a Power 5 team. You know, he would be a grad transfer, so it's possible he comes back for another year and maybe gets that kind of, you know, Bo Nix, Michael Penix-type wave of momentum in what looks to be a little bit weaker of a quarterback class. Uh, but for now, I think Michael Penix is a really good day-two prospect. He's 6'3", 220. I love his reliable mechanical foundation. I think he's got clean footwork. He throws on platform consistently. He's got a smooth throwing motion. He's got a quick release. He feels pressure well. And he has enough arm talent to win in the NFL. He leads his receivers with good anticipation, especially into the downfield. And I like his velocity. I think he's got solid velocity, a tight spiral on his ball. And he's a legitimate running threat, folks. He's got good burst. He can beat a defender in short space. And heck, he's not afraid to drop his shoulder and be physical here. He's going to he's gonna be one of those quarterbacks that can execute uh, designed runs, especially in the end zone. 308 here, Will Shipley. We're looking at a dual threat running back. He's kind of got that PPR up 
upside to him at a Clemson. 309, Cade Stover, really reliable pass-catching tight end. He's going to be a two-way tight end. He's out of Ohio State. I think he could have top 75 draft capital, somewhere between 50 and 100, I think is where Cade Stover's going to land. So I think he's going to get that draft capital here to catch our attention from the wide or from the tight end position. Uh, at 310, I'm going to go with Lad McConkey out of Georgia. Now, McConkey's had kind of a wonky uh, senior year here. He's missed a decent amount of time with injury, but when you get the ability to put your eyes on McConkey's tape, you're going to see a player who gets off the line of scrimmage well. He creates space effectively downfield. He's got reliable hands when targeted underneath downfield and along the boundary, so there's a lot of versatility when it comes to where an NFL team might use Ladd McConkey. He reacts well to off-target balls. Uh, you know, you could see a decent amount of balls throw under underneath or underthrown. Uh, for McConkey this year, and he's really good, especially at reacting to those and hauling them in. He holds on to the ball uh, well through contact, and he gets to top speed very quickly. He shows the ability to burn SEC defenders uh, when they give him even a little bit of space before or even after the catch. So I think there's a pretty good amount of versatility with Ladd McConkey. I think if you're getting him in the back end of the third round, you're, get, you're getting a pretty good prospect there. At 311, I'm going to go with Malachi Corley out of Western Kentucky, 5'11", 210. We're talking about a guy who uses his speed and handwork very well to win in the short and deep fields. He has reliable hands that allow him to catch up to anything put on target. Uh, he's dangerous with the ball in his hands after the catch. He's got good field vision. He's got good short area quickness. You know, he's one of these guys that can move really well east to west as well as north to south. So a lot to like uh, when it comes to Malachi Corley. At 3-12, we're going to go with Jace McClellan, the running back out of Alabama. Now, Jace McClellan, I got to tell you, folks, it's a little bit of a tough evaluation because you see pops and you're like, yes, I like that. Uh, you know, you see that downhill running ability. You see his ability to be build speed nicely uh, through the second level of the field. Uh, you see his ability to be physical, to be scrappy working between the tackles. But it's just not as consistent as you'd want to see it. The production for an Alabama running back isn't as high as you'd like to see it. So it's just, you know, all about proceeding with a little bit of realistic um, expectation when it comes to Jace McClellan, but I think that Alabama name, and I think the fact he'll probably have early day three draft capital, that'll sneak him into the back end of the third round here of fantasy football draft. So with that being said, we're moving on to round four, folks. We're moving on to round four, and there are still names that we absolutely like. Let's start here with Anaya Smith uh, out of Texas A&M. We saw that uh, senior bowl invite here. He's a really versatile, you know, wide receiver running back type prospect. Uh, I'm really excited to see see him you know this is somebody who we haven't seen as much on the field because of injuries uh, but I'm excited to see him at the senior ball and hopefully we're able to see him in those live drills and, and kind of just showing off in that sense 402 we're gonna go with Jonathan Brooks somebody who we're not gonna see I don't believe uh, at the senior bowl or really probably working out at any point through the process. Jonathan Brooks, you know, was, is a really physical runner. He's got good vision. He's got good burst. Uh, but a late season ACL injury, that's a really tough situation for Brooks to be in at the running back position. I thought he was going to be a day two prospect. I think with the injury, he's going to slide into day three. But that does present some opportunity there uh, for for value down the road. Uh, 402, I'm going to go with Jaheim Bell, athletic um 403, sorry, Jaheim Bell. I'm going to go with the athletic um, tight end prospect here out of Florida State. 
A lot to like about Jaheim Bell in terms of his pass catching ability. Another guy, though, that production wasn't really consistent. I think draft capital will be a, a big factor there for Jaheim Bell. All right, we're going to go with Cody Schrader here up next, my man out of Missouri. I'm going to be honest, folks, I have not yet put Cody Schrader under the microscope in terms of full draft evaluation, but watching him live, uh, it is super fun. He has great burst when watching live. He works well between the tackles. He's got good downfield acceleration. He's physical and such an awesome story transferring up from D2. So I really love to see him be successful. 404, it's going to be Johnny Wilson. Now, this is an example of, you know, I wouldn't draft Johnny Wilson. I wouldn't take him in the first four rounds. Um, I think there's some folks who want to take Johnny Wilson in the second round because he's 6'7". He's got a huge body. You could see examples of him making awesome highlight reel uh, you know, catches. But folks, I have a rule. You know, the rule has worked out very well for me with the wide receiver position. And it's not a it's not a complicated rule, you know? You could look to Quinton Johnston. You could look to Jalen Rager, super hyped up guys that everybody liked uh, that I wasn't high on. And it's a simple rule, folks. I like when my wide receivers can catch the ball. And Johnny Wilson, lots of drops. I'm not drafting him, but he will get drafted. He will have a first four-round uh, fantasy football ADP, so i got to put him in there. Next up here, we're going to go with quarterback Spencer Rattler. I like Rattler. I still think he could get day two draft capital. Uh, you know, he's a mobile uh, quarterback. I think he has really underrated arm talent. His decision-making has dramatically increased. Uh, next up here, we're going to go with wide receiver Jacob Cowing out of Arizona. I think he could be a really effective slot receiver. He's quick. He's got good hands. We have that senior bowl invite for him. Uh, 408, we're going to go with Jake Brinningstool, the tight end out of Clemson. Uh, Brinningstool, he's an athletic tight end. We thought he had a shot at being a day two prospect if he declared last year. I think he's probably an early day three prospect, but I think he's going to be somebody who catches the eye of fantasy football managers. 409, uh, Tory Horton out of Colorado State, uh, super productive guy. You know, it's definitely was somebody who I prioritized from the group of five uh, to get a draft evaluation in on. Um, and I think that there were things to like about Tory Horton in terms of his speedy size, uh, speed for his size, I should say, his quick feet. He closes space quickly. He's got a, a fluid athleticism to his game. He can make defenders miss in space. So I definitely think there's a lot to like. I'll be keeping a close eye if he gets a Senior Bowl invite. That I think will tell us about how the NFL feels about him. Four ten. Brevin Span Ford, I think he could get day two draft capital from the tight end position. A little bit more of your classic two-way tight end. Missed a little bit of time with injury this year, uh, but still, I, I think he's somebody you know who's going to you know maybe be in that like Luke Schoonmacher territory where he's not the flashiest fantasy player, but he's going to get a, a legitimate rookie draft ADP because you know he's going to get decent draft capital. Benson No out of Kansas State. I think that he is an exciting name to watch. He has a Senior Bowl invite. Another great story with a walk-on situation there with Ben Sano. Uh, you know, athletic tight end type guy. The only, you know, caveat with Ben Sano is I could see him possibly being, you know, that H-back type transition. You know, go down the Joseph DeGuara route where it's not really relevant for fantasy football purposes and sneaking in there at 412. Putting together a string of really nice performances down the line. Kendall Milton, the running back out of Georgia, we saw that athleticism, we saw that burst, we saw that vision coming through. Kendall Milton was once considered, you know, a, a top Debbie running back prospect, and the injuries have really sidelined him, but it's great to see him putting it all together here uh, to finish up his collegiate career. So there you go, folks, 48 picks, four rounds, uh, really running through it, but I think providing a lot of good detail uh, with that. If you want to break down this mock draft, talk to me about it in the Rookie Big Board Discord and get in there. We got the trade talk 
Underdog channel. We got the On the Clock channel. We got the Roster Help channel. And uh, I just can't wait for draft season because it, it's just it's popping off all the time, but it's super active even now. I love the game day chats. It really it makes all game days feel a lot more fun and a lot more engaging. So I encourage you folks, head on over to patreon.com slash rookie big board. And I truly appreciate you checking out this episode of the Rookie Big Board.